Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out TheRestingPlaceTampa.com. All right, I'm going to jump right into it tonight because I got extra stuff that uh, God was giving me while I was on the drums. I'm like, I'm playing. I went way too hard on the drums, uh, so I'm a little winded right now. But I was looking up scriptures and stuff, so I just wanted to say, give me one second to gather my thoughts. Uh, God help. Thank you. God wanted me to say whether this is for multiple people or one person here, maybe this is just for myself, I don't know. Everything that has happened in your life has, has led you to this moment, good, bad, or otherwise. And... I've spent years, maybe you have too, angry, upset, uh, just wondering why, uh, doubting God about past seasons, but like, I want to, like, everything, everything that has happened to you, things that you've done that weren't right, things that have been done to you, good, bad, not just, not just the bad stuff, I don't want to focus on just the bad, the negative, there's a whole lot of good things that happened in my life that prepared me for where I am right now. Caleb said, uh, you know, being the, uh, really just handed the Tampa House of Prayer, me and my wife, you know, being the directors now, they're still right now. We've had sets, and it's just me and Gigi. There's nobody else there. There's, there's Facebook Live, and I'm you know, hoping there's people on the other side. But when we first moved here, that's what we did at my mom and dad's church that was in the hood, and some people didn't like coming over there at nighttime. But we wanted to worship. That's what we were called to do. That's what we wanted. And it would be me, Gigi, my mom and dad in this church. And I see that as a good, and that was a good, and that was something that prepared us for right now that, you know, God has set in place. All these things led me to right now. All these things led you here, right now. Everything that's happened in your life. And I wanted to read, uh, I'm just going to go through I hope this makes sense. James uh, chapter 1. This is not the passage, right? It's not on the computer, uh, so you're just going to have to listen to me. Uh, James chapter 1, this is the Passion Translation, uh, verse 2. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. I have not felt that as an invaluable opportunity when I am facing these difficulties. When I am in the midst of these difficulties, I do not see that as invaluable to me. Like, oh, this is great. Like, this is, I've been waiting for this. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. That part does make me feel good. That part is what lets me believe and lets me understand and gives me hope to know that all that has happened has led me right here. It has led me right here. It has stirred up this power so that way I can endure whatever is going to go on in this next season. And what's going on right now is going to give me the power to endure whatever is going to happen in the next season. Because you know what? Because even, ooh, way off topic here. I was, I was talking to the youth about David uh, a few weeks ago. And Holy Spirit just kind of took that one time. I'm like, you know, David, he fought, uh, you know, the lions and the bears and and he even said, and I'm just paraphrasing, I don't have it in front of me, that, you know, he would give them a chance. He'd grab them. And then if they fought back, then he'd club them. I'm like, if I get a lion, if I get, I am not giving it any chance. 
I'm not going to give it a chance to stir up power that will endure all things in me. No, that thing's, if I can do it with just my hand, then it's dying. And David then went up against Goliath. Like, he never killed a giant until he killed a giant. He never did that before. And what God was showing me in that moment is that he had victory over the lions and the bears. I guarantee you he had some scars from those victories. And so even in your past season, even the good things, their scars come with some of the victories and don't let that scare you from your next victory. Because if, if I've killed a lion, nine foot man, where honestly, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I probably got this. But there's so many of us, and I've been there, and so if this is for you, take it. Don't let the scars of your past victory stop you from the next season of the bigger thing that's standing in front of you, because yes, there might be another scar or two, but you're going to go from glory to glory. You're going to go from victory to victory, and these things that are standing in front of you, they're, they're going to help you. They're going to build you. They're going to build your character. They're going to build your stamina. They're going to build your capacity. Like, this is for you. This season is for you right now. And I kind of feel like that, that answers the question a little bit for me. And I, I asked this, I don't know, I said in one of the times when I, I had preached, you know, why did, why did Jesus keep the scars in his hand? Why did he keep the scars in his hand? He could, have, he could have convinced them to me in another way, just in my own mind's eye, but he kept those scars. And he had, I mean, it said he was made to look like a worm, not a man. Why of all of them, he kept those ones in his hand? Earlier, like, you want to say, hey, even the scars of your victory, like, look, I'm still here. That even your victory might hurt a little bit. But it's going to help you. It's going to build you. So... Amen. Amen. Now on to what I actually planned it for. <laughs> Give me one second. I am still tired from playing the drums. Sorry. <laughs> All right, Matthew 10, 8. Uh, this is in the, the ESV. It says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without pain give without pay. And I'm just going to tell you guys, I am extremely excited that Brian Sims is going to be here tomorrow because basically everything that I do, like I will go back to the ESV and just, you know, see what it says, but the Passion Translation, like that's, that's where I live. I, I'm hoping that I don't like turn to this little fanboy or something and have, I, like I want him to sign something. Like I don't know if it's my shirt. Like I might have him like sign my TRP shirt or something. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We will see. But, so in the ESB, you know, it's, and that's kind of my, my base. That heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You received without pain, get without pain. That's the one that I feel like we're all familiar with. And then uh, Matthew 10, 8, same thing in the Passion Translation. This is what I'm really going to be speaking on and using this version tonight. You must continually bring healing to the lepers and to those who are sick and make it your habit to break off the demonic presence from people and raise the dead back to life. Freely you have received the power of the kingdom, so freely release it to others. 
I was thinking about this and just truth be told, I actually prepared this and have already preached this at a youth conference. So originally I gave this to teenagers and it went over well. So let's see what happens here tonight. Uh, at least I think it went over well. I mean, I got to leave afterwards. So it wasn't my church. But when I was thinking about it, I was like, all right, what does that mean for us now? What does it mean for us now to bring healing to the lepers, make a habit to break off the demonic presence, raise the dead back to life? Because I would say, me personally, I don't know everybody's story here, but me personally, I have, I have not raised anybody from the dead. That was actually, you know, no pulse, dead, brought them back to life. I, I don't know if I want to say, I hope I do someday, but I do believe that that is possible, that I have that power through Jesus in me to do that. Healing the lepers. I don't know anybody with lepers. Uh, I have not healed a leper. And so I started asking, I was like, all right, God, so then how does this, how does this apply to right now? And yes, in the moment I was saying, how does this apply to teenagers? But I believe that it can also work here. Bring healing to the lepers and the sick. What, what is our modern day leprosy? What is leprosy in our society right now? Because leprosy back in the Bible was a much bigger deal than what it is now. Like leprosy, and I, I, I looked it up, and it's something that through medication, with medicine, with treatment, whatever, that like you live a very normal life, it's treatable. Uh, it's not like it was then where you had to rip your clothes, uh, go out you know, on the outskirts of town, yell unclean when somebody came by you because they didn't know how to fix it. They didn't know how to deal with that. So I'm like, all right, if that's not the case now, then what is our modern day leprosy? Holy Spirit started showing me it's the outcast. It's the ones that feel like they're alone. The ones that feel like they don't belong. The ones that have been uh, kicked to the curb. They're unwanted by their family, by their friends, fortunately by the church. And, and you think about it, even especially, let's, since we're at church, in the church world, there's people that, I've, I've gotten phone calls before from other pastors, or other friends that just saying, hey, I know so-and-so is going to your church now. I just want you to be careful for them. Watch out for them. Don't let them into leadership. Don't let them into anything. I mean, they're marking them with leprosy. They are marking them unclean and unworthy to be in your society. And that, that is awful but there's so much of that happening because then that becomes part of your identity like where do I belong where do I fit and and I, you see that I mean anywhere you go at your job with your family family members that have done things that are just unforgivable that they and they're, and they're no longer you know they're not a part of family this I'm like you know what what is unforgivable died for you, died for them. Jesus died for them just as much as he died for me. Nothing, nothing separates them from the love of God. It is our job to bring healing to those people, to bring healing to the lepers. How did Jesus do it? Uh, Matthew 8, 1 through 3 in the Passion Translation. 
After he came down from teaching on the hillside, massive crowds began to follow him. Suddenly, a leper walked up to Jesus and threw himself down before him in worship and said, Lord, you have the power to heal me if you really want to. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the leper and said, of course I want to heal you. Be healed, and instantly all signs of leprosy disappeared. See, now back then, through Jesus touching him, according to all that, now he's got, he's unclean. Jesus knowing full and well what he was here to do, that he is the Messiah, knowing how big his call and his reason on this earth is, you, he sees that in front of him, how many of you would have walked the other way and said, no, I can't jeopardize what I'm supposed to be doing. I can't jeopardize the call, the mantle that God has put on my life. I'll pray for you over Facebook. And Jesus was like, of course I want to heal you. And he touched him and it all went away. He brought love to the leper. He loved on him. He, he, fully knowing his identity, fully knowing what, who he was, fully knowing his capability, he said, yes, be done with this nonsense. Right. Yeah. Go and walk as you were meant to walk. Next part says, and make it a habit to break off the mnemonic presence from people. Depending on how you grew up, what church you were from, you know, what background, what denomination, casting out demons can mean a whole lot of different things. <laughs> it can look a whole lot of different ways. I've seen, me and Gigi, we've traveled, we've been to all kinds of different churches. Uh, we've, we've seen a little bit of it all. Bring out the buckets. <laughs> but you know, that to me, I feel like just being honest here, and even even for me sometimes, that can seem like a scary task. You're like, that that's for somebody, that's for somebody, that's for an apostle to do. That's for the prophet of the house to do. That's for the pastor. Like somebody else needs to do that because I don't know that that's my call to break off demons off this person. And if they go crazy, overpower. And I've heard, I've heard so many stories from Caleb, from different people of the simplicity of delivering somebody from being, you know, demon oppressed. But that, that sounds like that, that could be a scary task, something that's, that's too big for us to do. And honestly, my first thing to say about that is when we do that, I feel like we make, we make, we make the devil so big. We make that demonic presence so big and it's really because our perspective of God is so small. And in that moment, just knowing just how one-sided that battle really is for the good, how one-sided it is with this, the God of the universe that has placed everything inside of you, that you are one with him to say, no, be done with that mess. Be done. But... Again, I was asking God, what, is, what does this mean for us? What does this mean? What is, I feel like, you know, our modern, uh, you know, demonic possession? And the two things that, that came to you is fear and depression. 
to that fear and depression is that is a demonic oppression that is that is on people that is rampant i looked up uh some stats just real quickly before on depression and on suicide i mean it's just every year it's just up and up and up and we can call the demons out by name we can do this that and the other but you know what it's fear depression like these these practical things that we are called to make it a habit to break this off of people. So how do we break off fear and depression? First of all, fear and depression can be a direct result of feeling like a leper. So if we haven't brought healing to the lepers, you cast them out, you cast them out from one church, you cast them out from one family, you cast them out from one place to another, start warning people to stay away from them it's not a surprise that fear and depression will follow right behind that. So how do we break off the demonic presence? This one, honestly, it might seem a little simple. But 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3, in the ESV, it says, If I speak of tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away everything I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I've gained nothing. Like, I mean, it has to be focused, especially right now, and just in the political climate that we're in with uh, you know, COVID with all these things, I've saw so many people pass up the opportunity to just go past whatever is being said in front of that and just say, you know what, I'm going to love on this person. I'm going to find, and you know what? Loving people is work sometimes. Loving people is work a lot of the time. But if you're going to make it a habit of breaking off the demonic presence from people that have felt like a leper, then that is your job. That loving them is your job beyond whatever your title is, beyond whatever your, your status is at church or in your family, whatever that case is, you gotta go beyond that. You have, you have to be willing to risk losing everything for a touch to heal somebody. It has to start in love not because you're trying to prove something to them, not because you're trying to fix them, not because you're trying to anything, just because simply because I see you hurting. I know that that is not you. You are not a leper. You are not meant to be encompassed by fear and depression. So I'm going to love on you. And I've seen it. I've been told so many times. <laughs> I did a, a silent retreat um, I think last year sometime. And it's just, you go two days, completely silent, you give, you give your phone up, no talking, no anything. It was amazing. And I'm telling you this because love comes in so many different forms. You don't even necessarily have to do it face to face to somebody for them to feel like love, God is love. And so I just woke up one morning, it was freezing cold out. And God was like, go for a run. Go for a jog. I was like, okay. So I put on 
every piece of clothing that I had in my bag. And I was like, man, I wish I had something to just like, I'm back in Michigan, from Michigan. I mean, in the wintertime, you get out your clothes and then you, know, you get that snowsuit. I mean, it just like seals you in. And the only thing that I had with me, and I, I don't even know why I brought it, is uh, a head-to-toe Captain America one-piece jumpsuit <laughs> outfit that I had. And so I put it on over all my clothes and zipped it up and pulled the hood on. I'm like, the great part about it is nobody can say anything because it's a silent retreat. Nobody can talk. And Vicky Piccarelli, who's in charge of these silent retreats, she was sitting out on the, on the porch. And I stand there, I'm like, oh, crap. Like, I, I didn't want to run past Vicky in this ridiculous outfit. But I'm like, I'm going to do it. And so I took off running. I looked at her, and I just waved. And she just looked at me for a second. I kept going. And as I was you know, almost through the trees, I just hear her start laughing in the background. I'm like, that's not silent. No. Uh, as I, I just started running through the woods, I'm having my time with God. And at the end of the retreat, one of the ladies came up to me and she was like, I just want you to know how much that meant to me when I saw you running in your Captain America outfit. I was like, like, you got a thing for Captain America? Like, what's, what's going on? And she said that her son has walked away from God. And when he was little, Captain America was everything to him. He would be decked out in Captain America all, all day long. She said, when she saw me running, that God told her, he's going to be okay. I'm going to take care of him. He's going to run freely like Captain America out there. And I don't know who this lady is. She didn't know who I was. But loving on people, see, she was maybe going, getting into fear. I don't know what her situation was with her son. Maybe he was the outcast. Maybe he was the leper of the family. Maybe people are encouraging her to separate from her just Kick him to the curb. I, I don't know. I really don't know. But all I know is that in that moment, that was me loving on her without even knowing it. Showing her love by just being obedient to God. Be obedient to what God says. And even if it's goofy, even if it's weird, because it, it's going to mean something to somebody. And this is real stuff. This is break. That is how simple it can be to break off the demonic presence from people. Break off that fear. Break off that depression. Just be love. Be what God is telling you to be. And, and, and the last one is raise the dead back to life. Again, something I would like to see in my lifetime. I have not personally yet seen it. And when I started asking, okay, so bring the, the dead back to life right away, God just hit me with suicide. Being in a depressed state of mind can lead, is one of the leading causes of death, of suicide. And so I started thinking about, hey, these people that are not dead yet, and these numbers that I look at that are just climbing and climbing by the thousands and tens of thousands every year. And I'm like, you know what? What about bringing them back to life? What about bringing, bringing them when they're in that state of contemplating whether or not they are really going to end their time on this earth? And you say, no, no, let me show you love. Yeah. I, I, I just, I don't know, I just had this thing, I mean, like with this 
problem of suicide as a way out, I'm like, you know what? I don't want to wait until they're dead. I don't want to wait until it's over. I'm like, you know what? There's people walking around like zombies. There's people walking around feeling dead inside, feeling worthless, feeling like they have no purpose, no hope, no anything. Let's raise them back to life. Let's show them what the fullness of life looks like, what the fullness of the kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy. Let's show them what that looks like. Healing the leper and breaking the demonic off of people will fill them with new life. Like, this is why this is all important. That's why this whole thing is important. You must continually bring healing to the lepers. Let's bring in the outcast. Let's welcome them with open arms. Let's sit at their table. Let's, let's bring them into our sphere of influence. You know what? Maybe they got mistreated in theirs. Maybe it was even their fault. If that's how God would judge us by the things that were our fault, that'd be bad news for me. He didn't do that to us. Let's bring healing to those people. Let's make it a habit to break off the demonic presence of people. Let's make it a habit to see. We see somebody, I, somebody posted, and honestly, I mean, I, I mostly agree with this statement, but they, they said, you know, people don't fake, uh, how do I go? Something about people don't fake being, uh, being sad, being depressed. They fake being happy. And I'm like, there's so many people that, I mean, you don't know. I've said it before, the, this tattoo is the only tattoo I have. This was for my brother. He, he, committed, he committed suicide three years ago. And people said about him, the best thing about working with him was his hugs in the morning. His giant bear hugs. He was always happy. He, he, he made it fun to be at that job. He made it fun to be around. He's not here anymore. This is the stuff I'm talking about. Let's, let's, let's do our job. Let's do our job. Make this a habit of breaking this crap off of people. Let's be that love that, that Jesus is. And this last part, and... have you come back up play for Gigi this is something that hit me really hard and know that I say this with so much love in my heart <laughs> Jesus Jesus didn't go out looking for sick and hurting people they found him they came to him they came and asked him please they ripped holes in the ceiling of other people's houses to find him. They came to him. So is that happening to you? Are people coming and finding you for healing? Are people coming and finding you to cast out the demonic presence from their life? If not, and go ahead, I want everybody to stand on up with me. 
If not, and there may be other reasons, but I feel like God gave me two things that this is, again, with all the love of my heart, this is just a check for you guys. If that's not you, one, I believe it's a lack of identity. It's a lack of knowing your union with Christ. It's a lack of knowing who you fully are. Or two, it's an abundance of fear. And if either of those are true for you, because what I see, I see Jesus. I see the one that is willing to just risk it all and put his hand down for somebody and say, I don't care what happens to me. I know nothing's going to happen to me because I want you to be whole. Whatever you feel about yourself right now, that's what I see standing in front of me. So if that is not happening to you, if people, I, well, I hope nobody rips a hole in the top of your house, but there should be so much love pouring out of you, so much of the presence that people encounter Jesus when they get by you, that they know, I, I need to talk to you. I need what you have because I'm struggling with this fear, with this depression, with these thoughts of suicide. So, Gigi's gonna play for a little bit and this is the time where I just, I want us to, to respond to it, to just search yourself. Say, God, if that's me, what is stopping me from walking the way you did? What is stopping me from bringing healing to the lepers? Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out TheRestingPlaceTampa.com.